And boom goes the dynamite. Panic, 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 panic. And boom goes the dynamite. Episode 90 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, it's the 100th episode of AEW Dynamite, but yet we're only at episode 90 because uh, I have a funny system of of naming things. You're going to immediately start this podcast off with math and just try to fuck my whole shit up, aren't you? Pretty much. We just yeah. we can't even exchange pleasantries. No, hi, how are you? How's the road? How are things going? No, it's just math problems for Paul. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. <laughs> so solve X, motherfuckers. God damn it. Anyway, uh, yeah, 100th episode of this television program that we do a podcast about. Uh, again, for for like special episodes, we usually tend to do like you know, a, a, a special name, you know, if it's a special named episode, we usually do that. Like any other great podcast, our episode numbers can't be exactly right and have to be like a little bit off for reasons that only pertain specifically to this podcast. Uh, that being said, uh, did you also realize today is three years to the day of all in and this episode is at the exact same venue? That is all true and all wild. And like, Really such a huge day for me as a wrestling fan and for a lot of other wrestling fans, too, I'm sure. I know that was like a pivotal day, you know, for pro wrestling and for, you know, we are where we are. You know, we're going to come to this, but Chris Jericho said today on the show that this is the hottest wrestling company in the world today. And he was not being hyperbolic about it whatsoever. Like from there to here, it's been a pretty incredible journey. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it, I mean, they are definitely, you know, it, you know, the, 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 the hot product right now. There's no denying that. Um, on that note, speaking of hot products, I did manage to sell most of my tickets. Fantastic. Uh, uh including for this very show, uh, I did sell, uh, the all out tickets and the GCW, uh, art of war games tickets. Um, if you still would like to buy tickets for, uh, Saturday's, uh, Game Changer Wrestling slash Black Label Pro 3-Cup Stuffed, or Saturday afternoon's uh, Black Label Pro Ground Control of Filthy Tom, uh, hit me up at Strong Style Story on Twitter. 
buy Jeff's tickets. Also, some late breaking news on uh, the aforementioned Art of War show. They moved that into a larger space within that Grand Sports Arena, into one of their bigger, I guess, parts of the arena or, or whatever. I, you know, you know that venue a little better than me, Jeff. So, do you yeah, I mean, probably know what you're talking well, I about. mean, the area where they held it the last time it seemed pretty spacious to me. Once you get away from where all the seats were set up, so I, I'm not sure where else they they could go. With that, yeah, so. interesting. And I guess we'll see on the broadcast what that ends up looking like. And if you are attending that show or if you're familiar with the Grand Sports Arena on a level, maybe Jeff nor I are, hit us up at BGTD Podcast on Twitter. Let us know uh, what that's going to look like or what it does look like. Uh, we'd love to see some pictures, tag us in some posts, and uh, let us know uh, what kind of weekend you're having. Second City Summit's big. Uh, a lot of different AEW stuff. Obviously, this Dynamite, and you know, we have Rampage coming up, we have All Out. Uh, and, and all those aforementioned indie shows. So a lot of great stuff going on. And if you're going to be there, uh, let's talk about it. Jeff's not going. I am in Michigan. Uh, we want to hear from the ground. But wait a minute. Well, wait a minute. You're, you're going tomorrow. I So, yeah, we haven't gotten to that. I will be attending some pro wrestling tomorrow night in Detroit, Michigan. I'll be going to GCW's Guilty Conscience. Uh, this is my first live wrestling show uh, uh, since uh, stuff happened in the world that made it different. Uh, so this is very exciting, Jeff. I'm nervous. I'm a little nervous, but I'm just really, really excited. Uh, you know, I don't think there's any better way to come back to live professional wrestling than jumping in the pit with the Nick Gage fans, uh, when from whom the bell tolls hits. I, uh, looking forward to it, dude. Uh, I mean, this was supposed to be the, I mean, I was supposed to be at this show tonight, but you know, but, but, but reasons, you know, and uh, there are reasons. Look, man, I'm going to have my, my Nick Gage bandana over my mask and uh, we'll see what happens. But also, yeah, th this weekend was not pleasant uh, as you saw. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. I, I had a run in with some, I, I got listeners. I got booted out of a barber college where I was in, in mid cut because the owner decided to talk some shit about so, uh, well, some anti-vax bullshit. This hey. is actually all kayfabe. Jeff is saying that, but really he just wanted the mankind haircut and he just needed a roundabout way to to tell you all about <laughs> it, but he wanted that. He wanted that first run mankind haircut where it was like popping through the mask holes. Uh so the the exact conversation went with him and another client spouting off some bullshit. My exact words were, "Did you die from polio?" And I got called. And I got called a homophobic slur. <laughs> Chicago, baby, yeah, the greatest city, yeah, the, the Windy suburbs. Apple, greatest city in the world. Let's yeah. go Blackhawks! Yeah, Woo. oh yeah. So yeah, so that, 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 that yeah that that uh yeah that, that that was a fun weekend. Uh, folks, if you're in Chicago and you need a barber, go see my man Taylor at Old Dogs TaylorMadeBarber.com. Uh, he is a TaylorMade Barber on Instagram, and he's a wrestling fan. Uh, I'm gonna plug a, another barber too that I know in the city. Uh, that would be uh, Pete at Pete's Barber Shop. Um, he's good too. I actually know uh, Pete cut my hair once. Uh, Pete used to work at Joe's, who Taylor worked there as well. Oh, okay. Pete's a really good guy. Yeah, Pete's Pete's cool. So yeah, I've known Pete, Pete is actually known... the guy who got me to change the direction in which I part my hair. Uh, so uh, yeah, yeah, he, I he, respect Pete for having yeah, vision. He, yeah, he 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 set me on that path too, as it turns out. So <laughs> look at that. So there shout we go. out Pete. Yeah, shout out to to Pete Huell. Yeah, that's a cool so shop too. He's got all kinds of cool comic booky shit. He he gives me like very like he seems like a guy who also unironically appreciates Kevin Smith on like a way that I do. So I respect that. Yeah, he has a massive collection of comics to to, to read whilst you're mm -hmm. in there, and, and a and a fridge full of beer too. 
Although I have not been in his AEW guest star, Kevin Smith, by the way. Although I have not been in his shop since he moved because, you know, the pandemic and I haven't really huh. been. You Wait, know, there was in a pandemic? Era. Yeah, yeah, you might have heard about it. Um, also, uh, apologies in advance to the listeners, but if you hear any barking in the background, that is guest co-host Loki, uh, the groom this weekend's dog who is uh, staying with us at our little Airbnb. Um, so uh, I, I did watch Rampage. It took me until last night to watch Rampage. Nice. But, uh, wow, that was a good first half of television. Yeah, it you know I don't I don't think as a whole, and I talked about it of course. Um, where you can find me on Friday nights on uh, Wrestling Brain Twitch TV slash Wrestling Brain, where I host a Rampage recap show with Nick East, and I gave my thoughts about it. I was I guess slightly underwhelmed, Jeff, and I hate saying that for these shows so early, and because there was a lot to like, but with the hot start of the first two weeks, it left a little bit to be desired. Well, actually, I mean, again, the first half was, was yeah. fantastic. And then it, yeah, the second half, second half, couple of course, of rough it, finishes and well, it was, we, a, we, there's a match that ties into tonight's and we can talk about that had a rough finish, but right. Well, it was also a pre-tape show. So yeah, uh, I think that was like, you know, hour four in Milwaukee <laughs> from yeah, last week. So yeah, or, that, that yeah. can change the crowd energy for sure. But, yeah. Um, so, I'm excited to see more pre-tape rampages, though, because I do think the benefit of editing, especially for a one-hour show, uh, can be a really good thing if done correctly. So hopefully we'll see that. This week's rampage is live, right? They're they're live on Friday night. Uh, did you see Elevation or Dark? And please say no, because I want to get into the show. <laughs> oh, absolutely not, dude. I am so busy. This is a crazy week. Yeah, this last couple of weeks has been wild, man. I, oh, it's amazing that I can even do this. Fair enough. Well, with that, we go live. To the Now Arena in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, for by our count episode ninety, but uh, by by their count episode one hundred, triple digits, baby, the century mark of uh, of AEW Dynamite. Your host Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur, and we go right in to our first match of the evening. A surprise match for me. Uh, I didn't know that they were going to do it this soon. Uh, Santana and Ortiz versus FTR. Um, first of all. Santana Ortiz in the Dead Presidents uh, get up. Of yes. course, you got to so love you that. You know they mean business. So you know this is a big match. Shout out Tony Schiavone for shouting it out. Indeed. Uh, Schiavone mentioning explicitly that this is the Dead Presidents gear. He knows what's up. Uh, yeah, I was excited to see this gear. I was excited to see this match. Um, and you know what? I'm glad it was the first one on the card, Jeff, because there's really no other place to put it. It couldn't be the main event because the main event had a, you know, a whole different set of what it meant to do. And we'll get to that later. But, uh, you know, this show wasn't super heavy on bell-to-bell stuff. Uh, so to put your best match in the night right up front, I thought was the right call. Um, I, I really like that they tried to do to Ortiz what what happened to, to Cash Wheeler. Uh, you know, they, yes. they, they teased that. I thought that was really good. I mean, I actually, these guys, storytelling gods, right? They're, I mean, they've been telling a great story and they have a really great cohesive narrative throughout their this entire program that they've had. And they've been the, the big standout of this pinnacle uh, inner circle stuff, right? Indeed. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I thought that this was just a fantastic match. Uh, really really yeah. good storytelling. And, uh, and you know, Santana gets the win, pinning Cash Wheeler. Uh, Wither Cash Santana Wheeler? Santana and Dax did a lot of the heavy lifting on this one, too. I well, mean, and, I think and, out and of necessity. Yeah, for, out of necessity. Uh, Wither Cash Wheeler, do you think he comes back full-time? or And they just did this so they didn't leave that plot thread hanging? Or, or what? 
So I I, uh, I sent you a DM after this match, and I said, I have a take, Jeff. Okay, so yes, you did. I'll give you the take. It, after, I, I thought about this before the match, and I was kind of leaning towards this prior to this match, but after seeing this match, the way this match was worked, and especially the finish, the finish is a big part of why I'm, I'm starting to go this way now, it would not shock me if Cash Wheeler retires uh, sometime between now and next Wednesday. Wow. You, th- you think it'll be that soon? The, the, yeah. He's I not think... going to try to heal up better. I know that there was talk of nerve damage and he, he's so, having some issues. So, yeah. And it's something, you know, my, uh, uh, my esteemed other co-host and colleague, Nikki's brought up to me is like, is this the type of career ending injury? And no, it probably isn't in pro wrestling. Guys have gone through a lot worse and come back from, but it's an eye opening injury, right? It's the kind of thing that can really make you think of what your priorities are and what's important to you. When you're looking at that much of your own blood sitting there on the mat, right? While people are just screaming and hooting and hollering and you got a wife and kids at home and stuff, uh, you, you know, that can probably make you rethink something. They're very accomplished. Uh, cash and Dax are as a tag team. They don't have a whole lot left to prove besides cementing their own legacy. And, and you know, how much more can you really do and at what cost? And it wouldn't necessarily, again, it would, it's uncommon, it's unlikely, but I'm from Detroit and I've seen, you know, more shocking retirements. True. So yeah, I, mean, I, I know exactly what you're talking about too. So <laughs> I got uh, two for you, brother. I mean, well, uh, okay. I'm thinking of one. Who's the other? Calvin Johnson. Oh, right. I was thinking of Barry Sanders. Of course, yeah. yeah I mean, right. Barry, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, I, that could, I could do a whole podcast about that, but I digress. <laughs> uh, and but Cash, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me, and I wouldn't blame him necessarily either. And would I like to see Cash Wheeler continue wrestling? Yes, I think he's great. I think FTR is an amazing tag team. They're one of my favorite tag teams of the last decade or more. But you know, there there's more important things, right? And you know, if he thinks he can, you know, make money and uh, you know, take care of his family without wrestling, uh, more power to him. Yeah. Well, I guess time will tell here. What happens. Uh, we then go backstage. We have a promo from Daniel Garcia and 2.0 saying that they're basically going to crash the CM Punk Darby Allen party. So uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, of course, uh, Darby Allen will take on Daniel Garcia on Friday from the Now Arena in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, on AEW Rampage. A mere two hours before Free Cup stuffed. We come back from what Colorado. a weekend. There's so much wrestling this weekend. Oh God! I mean, not to mention there's there's not even. It compared to other weekends, like they've packed in a lot more wrestling, other ones, but this one feels like really effective use of all their time. There's less total shows than there is at like, a, let's say, a collective weekend of the last couple of years, uh, excluding the pandemic. But these cards are just loaded top to bottom all throughout the whole weekend. And then you throw in that there's two New Japan Dome shows too this weekend. There's a lot going on if you are a wrestling fan. Yeah, the, yeah, you will not be wanting. In fact, there's another show going on tomorrow in, in the Chicago area. AAW is running. It, it, yes, it, well, in, Logan in, Square. In actual uh, Logan Square. Logan Square. And yeah. I'm sure that one's going to be a banger, too. Quite a card on there yeah, as well. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Uh, a lot of it do, down to this man, uh, CM Punk, as... Uh, Cult of Personality plays through the Now Arena. Uh, CM Punk begins to cut a promo where he's very self-effacing and saying, yeah, I don't know if I'm, you know, if I still got it, you know, after being away for seven years. The crowd, uh, you know, tries to encourage him. And then 
Daniel Garcia in 2.0, attack! Which leads to... This was such an interesting segment, and I'm really glad it happened when it did. Uh, I think... And this is like really, you know, credit to how well planned all this stuff was and how well executed CM Punk's return has been to date. Uh, This was right at the point where you start to just begin to ask yourself, well, am I starting to get a little tired of the CM Punk welcome home victory lap? And right as you're starting to think that, boom, storyline progression. Boom, we move forward. As, you know, Punk himself even foreshadows that he opens up the promo with, hey, you sick of me yet? Hey, I bet you some people are. I bet you some people are going to get tired of this real quick. And then, boom, don't get tired of it because we got more for you. And it was that exact kind of development in this, just a little bit, just nudging it forward a little bit that I needed at the exact right time. Because, you know, we've been doing this for three weeks now. uh, uh, Or, you know, two weeks. And three, what, three shows? Is this his third or fourth show back now? Uh, Yeah, yeah. He wasn't on Rampage, so yeah. Yeah, so third show back. So, you know, we've been doing this uh, a few times now. So, yeah, we needed a little something extra, and we needed to see Punk get physical, I think, at this point, uh, before he got into the ring against Darby on Sunday. Uh, when, yeah, so um, he get we get a save from uh, Darby Allen and Steve Stinger. Um, everyone does a signature move, including Punk hitting a go-to-sleep. I know somewhere Kenta was just looking at that, stewing with with hatred. well you know he's gonna tweet tonight and hey forbidden door man you think if you think that match isn't gonna happen i have a monorail to sell you oh man you you know kenta is gonna we're building to that it wouldn't surprise me if they found a way to make it happen at wrestle kingdom because i mean if you right like punk goes to wrestle kingdom at some point now right you'd think like now that he can right i mean it's too it's too late for him to go to G1, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like at some point, now that he's got a few years with AEW, and now that this has all worked out, I feel like, you know, one of the big points of guys like Punk and, you know, Brian Danielson, who I'm pretty certain we're going to see in AEW at some point, uh, they got to end up uh, doing uh, big-time New Japan stuff, and I would think Wrestle Kingdom's the destination for that. And, like, Punk's, uh, yeah, the perfect opponent has to be Kenta. Uh, you know, Steve Stinger cuts a little bit of a promo and, uh, and, and we're on our, we're off to the races and Darby will face Daniel Garcia, as I said, uh, this Friday on Rampage. Uh, we then cut to a, uh, a video package about Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage, uh, before we, uh, fade to a commercial break. We come back, uh, Tony Schiavone has a video interview with MJF and the editing on this was amazing. <laughs> Oh, agree. It, it, it wasn't just editing, but I, a mixture of that and MJF really hitting his marks, man. And I think this is a testament to good scripted promos. I think it's easy to get mad about scripted promos because WWE specifically does them so poorly a lot of right. times. And so I think we get this affinity for like it's important to go off the cuff. But this show really was a, a nice reminder of the importance of preparation and scripting your promos. Because like I think the Sting stuff right before this, we didn't really talk about Sting's actual promo or the content of it. We've talked about Sting before on the mic since he's been in AEW. And kind of the feeling for me is less is more. And I still believe that. And I think he was a little too wordy on this one. And obviously not a scripted promo, right? Just something that was kind of... You get the framework for it. You go out there and and you do your thing. It's fine, but whatever. And that was fine. 
But you get something like this that's so uh, uh, well-produced in addition to being well-written and being well-performed. And when you have all those things hitting together, this is just a good television segment, not just a good wrestling segment. Yeah, I mean, actually, this is probably the best promo MJF's ever cut, honestly. Ooh, ooh, okay. I mean, I think there's probably a couple that are that are close, but well, yeah, maybe, I'll put it but... in the pantheon of, of. Yeah, this is among his finest work. I agree. It, it was. Uh, he, it definitely was. The cadence was. Yeah, just just all of that. And uh, okay, so here's a question: Does this specific promo make you more excited for this match now? Did it do anything for you as far as? make you want to see this more you know i think that the match is going to be a foregone conclusion which we'll we'll talk about at the at the at the bottom of the show but uh i mean i i'm just gonna say take it as a microcosm this was a really good promo uh yeah, this fair. was this was like one of those rare rick flair promos where he would just cut a promo and instead of you know doing his his style and profile he would just be calm and collected and just lay out the reasons why you know this is the end for you you know yeah no it, you, it was you, measured, you know what i'm talking about sense you know yeah. what i'm talking about right the, the very rare promos where he do this absolutely i feel like this is. is exactly and and it's what those promos have ended up being for rick flair now is we're gonna see this type of thing in this video specifically on like the mjf highlight documentary in 20 years right our second match of the evening uh orange cassidy versus uh Jack Evans of the Hardy family office and the hybrid two um, immediately referee Bryce Remsburg uh, infringes on Dave Ryan of days of thunders uh, gimmick in our group chat that we get into during AEW dynamite where every time Matt Hardy comes on the screen, he screams fuck off Matt. And uh, Bryce basically uh-huh. said the same thing tonight. Well. Wow. Uh, yes, yeah, so Matt gets ejected right away. This match was a lot of fun for me, Jeff, because I think Jack Evans is like a perfect Orange Cassidy opponent, right? Uh, oh, yeah. It because Orange be. Cassidy's character and Orange Cassidy's wrestling style is really couched in lucha, right? Like, it's a very lucha libre character. It's very, like, uh, gr- like in the basis of, like, that suspension of disbelief that kind of comes hand-in-hand hand with lucha libre. Right. And that kind of overstated style of wrestling Mm -hmm. uh and so having a guy that knows how to work lucha and also knows how to work a little comedy uh that's that's the guy you want right oh so they had really really good chemistry right away and i really enjoyed this match now um i mean let's face it this match went to a picture in picture and the win happened in the picture in picture so yeah this is is this the first time this is the first time i remember this happening Certainly in the 100 episodes of AEW Dynamite, yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, on Dynamite, since they started doing the picture-in-picture, picture, which they I don't, they didn't do picture-in-picture picture from episode one, have they? Uh, I think they, they started that in in the second episode. Okay, so at least very early on. All right. So, yeah, I don't remember them ever having a finish. And I think we've talked about on the podcast before, like, will they start doing finishes or, like, more significant things during picture-in-picture picture to keep you on your toes? And hey, I do kind of respect that. I, I mean, they have done interesting. Like, if you're going to keep doing this, like, you're going to have to, like, if you want to, you know, kayfabe it a little bit, you got to do this once in a while, right? I, I mean, I, I guess. Uh, I mean, I, I know we've talked about, like, especially in, like, you know, the uh, the Cody Rhodes Brody Lee dog collar match. What one of the most significant parts of the match happened during the picture in picture? True. So, so 
is this is this good? Do we like this? Should we keep doing stuff? Like, should things like this happen more often? Like, let's say it was every couple of months or so you had a finish on a on a picture in picture. Would that be all right with you? Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, given how we tend to tune out unconsciously during picture in picture. Um, so that's the that's the thing, right? So if you knew or at least had it in your mind that this kind of thing would happen, would it maybe make you pay attention to picture in picture more I often mean, if you thought there could be a finish? I mean, you think it would be effective? I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe. That's the thing is, I don't know. I don't know if this exercise really is doing anything. Like, I don't know if it's just self serving. And that's what I guess I'm worried about. Like, oh, it's just a finish that we, the viewer, are going to miss out on because there's no way to get us to tune into picture in picture in a way that's going to make us care about a finish happening during it. You know? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I think this is just one of those things that they can really only get away with once. So, picture in picture remains to be like one, like a topic of conversation on this podcast, like a nut that we just simply can't crack. Yeah, we just uh, can never figure out how we fully feel about picture in picture. Uh, after we're, after Orange Cassidy gets the win, uh, the entire Hardy family office text, the entire best friends with Jurassic Express making the save. Uh, I wonder if anything's going to come from that. Uh, stay tuned to the end of the Chekhov's show. Dinosaurs. Yeah, stay tuned to the end of the show for the answer to that. We come back and, well, actually, no, we don't come back. We're, we, uh, we, we, we then transition into a video promo package between Eddie Kingston and Miro. And you know what? It just seems like such a shame that this feud has only been going on for two weeks because my God, these two need to cut promos at each other for like, you know, hours at a time, you know? Yes. But also it's a beneficiary of kind of packing all this heat into one space because these are the two guys that are really good at doing that. And they've been able to elevate this, very quickly and make it really effective where I think some of the problems with a couple of these things and these programs and feuds going into all out is they've already hit kind of their natural endpoint and we're treading water in a few spots waiting to get to that show on Sunday where this one, we really feel like we're getting to its apex or we can keep it going afterwards. Or maybe this one isn't over. And I really like the prospect of that. Yeah. I mean, God, the, 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 both of them, both of them. Yeah, these are two guys that really get each other very quickly and just have a great chemistry. Uh, uh, Kingston's response to, you know, Miro's uh, way of thinking going into this match and his grudge against Eddie Kingston and what Eddie Kingston's about. It's just all great, man. Uh, yeah. It all makes sense to me. It's a really great, just natural rivalry. And I cannot wait to see them wrestle each other. That's the big thing about and, it. And, you know, and what, one what of the, the things that we kind of get lost on is like, the whole point is to we do want to see these guys wrestle each other at the end. And I think more, maybe more than any other match on this card, I want to see these two dudes fucking fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, and like uh, on Rampage on Friday, like the, the, the segment after, you know, um, Miro beat the shit and, and unmasked uh, Fuego del Sol. Kingston comes out, looks like he's about to start cutting a promo, and then he just says, just kind of smirks and, you know, <laughs> tosses the yeah, mic over his just, shoulders and fuck this. It's been stuff like that, and it's been Eddie Kingston just really being himself and Miro uh, uh, leaning into this character and finding this voice for, you know, what he, he does uh, so effectively as a wrestler. That's just worked so well, man. This is great stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I am so looking forward to this match. Another match I'm looking forward to uh, when we come back from the commercial uh, on Sunday 
Even though it doesn't seem like I seem to be like in a minority on this, which I don't know why, but uh, John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima. Um, it, it, this this uh, promo was it was a Moxley promo. Did you notice that they use all Japan footage for Kojima in places? They did. Interesting. The other thing I noticed is it wasn't a Mo- well, it was a Moxley promo. It was Moxley's promo from last week. It was just one hundred percent of audio used from last week's uh, show. So nothing new. There was no new, you know, uh, dialogue or monologue, anything. But uh, I, I want to know the, how they. But I thought the vi- visually it was pretty nice. Wonder how they got the all Japan footage. I mean, you know, TK's out here doing stuff. He's out I here guess. getting things. I guess. Shout Boy. out TK, man. Look, I'm no billionaire respecter, but TK's out here, you know, putting in work. Boy. I mean, could we get Kento Miyahara going through the forbidden door next? Probably. I mean, shit, that would be something. Can. I mean, if we can't get Penta Saramiedo versus uh, Kazuchika Okada, at least could we get Penta Saramiedo versus Kento Miyahara? I think that match would rule. Or, I mean, we got to get Great Okan at some point, right? Well, he's in All Japan. I need, uh, well, I mean, he's in New Japan. I'm talking well, that's the, that's from the All we Japan. Have. Oh, we're going to yeah. go through the All Japan door? We're going yeah. through the All Japan door? That's, that's the forbidden door on me, yes. We're going to get the All Japan forbidden door next. The forbidden or door? <laughs> the even the more even forbidden. more forbidden door. <laughs> that's the, oh, that's the episode title. There it the, is. The really forbidden door. <laughs> the even more forbidden door. Yep, we, we got it. <laughs> uh, we then go into the ring, and Jim Ross interviews uh, Chris Jericho. A, a heartfelt promo from Jericho that unfortunately paled to the MJF one. I have to say. I mean, it was going to be hard to top. And another one of these weird nitpicks that I have about promos, I'll just bring it out there, that Jim Ross was, like, out there to interview, but all he did was simply ask, like, half of a question and then <laughs> stood there the rest of the time. That's kind of what it was all just these interviews do. up Jericho to cut up. Yeah. And, you know, I've complained about stuff like this before and these, like, weird, unnecessary ways to just get to promos. And uh, this is, I don't know, man. Like, if we're going to do it, let's – structure it like an interview let's build it so that jericho is answering questions and that he can use the same you know content that he had in this promo and get across the same points but do it in the context of an in-ring interview and have jim ross asking questions and stuff it makes more sense to me than him just going why are you do why, why do you do wrestling and then stand in the corner <laughs> what, what why does you wrestle how why does do how does wrestling? i shot wrestling yes so, why do you wrestle barbecue sauce so I guess uh, so. Yeah, uh, you know, on Sunday we get Chris Jericho versus MJF. If Jericho loses, he must retire from uh, from in ring wrestling. See how that wow. goes. All right, Chris Jericho's career. Can't believe it. Uh, Can't believe it's all coming to a close. It's the end of the road. It's very and funny I that uh, Ash Wheeler's going to retire before Chris Jericho. Yeah, right. Oh, Jesus. Uh, we then get a Darby Allen promo, which uh, was what it was. And, okay, cool. I, like, I mean, you know, Darby Allen's Darby Allen. Darby Allen's got some stuff going on. But as far as how this was, like, made and structured, and especially the background music, I thought was very good. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, we then get our third match of the evening. This is the our 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 giant our our our, our large men appearing 
segment in which large men were out here appearing though. Shout out Days of Thunder because some large men appeared. Uh, Brian Cage. Uh, versus... Shout out Big E. Big meaty men were slapping meat. Uh, shout out <laughs> Brian Cage versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, this was just a big boy match. Uh, big boys doing big and a boy really things. good one and and one that you know. Shout out Will Hobbs because uh, you know I think Brian Cage is a good wrestler, but he was a really good wrestler in this match because Brian Cage I think plays up to the right kind of opponents. I think him and Hobbs just have a really good thing here, like a really good chemistry. Will Hobbs is the fucking truth. This guy is is a big star. This is like AEW champion in the future uh, uh, territory, I think. I think this guy could like be the top of the card. Yeah, so, uh, of course, there is fuckery involving Hook and Ricky Starks. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs gets the win over Brian Cage. I mean, Hook also the top of every card all the time, always. Indeed. So, yeah, this, this, uh, this feud continues. So, uh, we I'm good with it. And Taz was really good on commentary in this one as well. I thought he, uh, had a really good blend of like still being willing to put over Brian cage, like objectively as a commentator, like when good moves happened and like, you know, uh, Brian cage did, you know, the right thing, uh, or, or did something good. Taz wasn't, you know, afraid to say that and say, Oh, you know, this was good or whatever, which I really liked, but you know, it got the narrative forward, uh, uh in addition, Taz is great. I just wanted to praise Taz somewhere in here. Uh, so yeah, th- th- this will also continue. shout out Taz for having great sperm that made hook. <laughs> Damn. Um, we then get, that's a, how it works, right? We then get a promo from Malachi black. And that was a, that was a pretty Malachi black promo. One day I'm going to get Jeff to derail this podcast and tell me where babies come from. But I guess we'll talk about Malachi black this time. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, no. We, are, we are not going to derail this podcast <laughs> any more than well, it usually, any more than it usually ever does. Well, not yet. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I did like this. I like these Malachi black video packages in general, man. I think he's another guy who's found his stride and like found his real voice as a character. I think Alistair Black was fine, and you know there was some stuff there that was really good, and some stuff that didn't didn't work. I think we're really hitting the uh, the stride here. Yeah, um, he's had a couple of like cringe things, and I, I've tweeted about this. He's like the opposite of Cody of cool cringe. I think him and Cody Rhodes are the yin and yang of cool cringe. They both prove that you can be cringe and still be like good at wrestling. And like popular. I mean, they are both pretty cringe. They're but in very different sorts of cringe, right? They're two different cringe realms. Also, do you remember the band Cringer? I do not remember the band Cringer. Okay, I used to have a couple of music this week. Is the theme music Cringer? No, it is not, and you should know that because uh, no, the theme music. By the way, for those of you who didn't pick it up, that would be uh, one Lee Scratch Perry. R.I.P. to the 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 great man. Yeah, yeah, was to, yeah, R.I.P. Dread Lion for that one. So yeah, that was a that was a bummer finding out about that. I've listened to a lot of old reggae this uh the, the, this week because of that, and I'm still you know I, I'm just gonna take this time to say how salty I still am. It's I didn't get a chance to listen to a lot of music, but I consumed a lot of THC, which I feel like is similar. Uh, you know, we we could have a discussion about that. Uh, but um, it feels similar. I'll tell you that much. But um, yeah, I, I'm still salty as fuck that Sirius XM took away my reggae station, uh, in place of a a Bob Marley tough gong radio, which is fine if you really like Bob Marley. But if you like listening to more than just Bob Marley, 
Yeah, if it's just like an only Bob Marley station, like I mean, the guy's catalog wasn't that big. Yeah, it was bigger than you'd think, but it's pretty big. But and like, he, and, uh, and, and you know, a lot of it. I mean, and there's a lot of adjacent people to Bob Marley on that station too, including you know a lot of his sons and, and grandsons now. Right. But, you got you got a lot of Ziggy. You get a lot of Damien on there. Uh, there's a, yeah sure. Skip Marley. He he he's one of the yeah. grandsons now. So which is fine and dandy. But you know, I also like listening to old roots. I like listening to dub. I like listening to old Scott. I like listening to dance hall. And Fair. there's not enough of that on there. And... I would also accept if they played Chris Cornell's cover of Redemption Song, which is the only good cover of Redemption Song. I don't think I've ever heard another. I don't think I've ever heard another cover of Redemption Song. Uh, I don't. I don't care to. That one's really good. Yeah. Well, Eric Clapton, you know, fucked up. You know, I shot the sheriff. And that Cla- really Have you heard just... Eric Clapton's new song? Did you hear Eric, uh, Eric Clapton's uh, new I, song? I, I know all about it because the the guy at the because uh, the, the guy at the bar at the barber college was talking all about it. Oh no! Was he talking? <laughs> was he saying it was good? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's an anthem. It's an <laughs> anthem. Yeah. F- you know. Anyway, dude. I don't want you, you know what? Song? Wait, no, no. No, I want to, have you heard the song? No, and I never will because it's I fucking so despise I fucking despise Eric Clapton. And oh, look, have. Eric Clapton, Eric Clapton sucks. We all know Eric Clapton sucks. We've all we've told many jokes about Eric Clapton on this podcast before, but man, that song is so bad. It's hilarious. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm going to tell you, Jeff, it makes me want to jump out of a window. Oh. <laughs> and on that note, uh this segment made me want to jump out of a window. Uh Oh no. We, we 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 get Paul White against the entire factory in the ring. Um and he's betrayed by the Gun Club. I didn't know, well, okay, first of all, I didn't know who any of these people besides Camarado and and Aaron Solo were. The rest of them were just like uh students, I guess. Yeah. Um I don't care about QT Marshall. We've already talked about that. It was cool to see Paul White do the like the push everybody out spot because we were all looking for that. Like he knew it was gonna happen at some point. So right. fun to see it. He threw a couple of good choke slams. I like that. But again, there's just you can't really make me care about QT Marshall. He remains to be the most, the, or I'm sorry, the least interesting part of his own storyline and- consistently. Right, the and, gun club part, like like in, injected what life you could inject into this. Yeah, I mean whatever. I mean you know I I told everybody on, on the the trip to Long Beach in 2017 about Billy Gunn, but oh no, oh no, Steve Cash and I Lawrence O'Brien insisted. Here. Yeah, I don't know. I do think there's something interesting here if you can you know push this thing forward with the gun club a little bit. I think another heel faction, especially to hover around dark and like the bottom of dynamite and rampage cards is fine. And something that can be useful. I think the gun kids are especially annoying and can be good heels. So eh, fine. We'll figure it out. You know, again, if this just ends in Paul white choke slamming a bunch of people at all out, we could use that for a few minutes too. I'm sure we'll have fun. I think that's yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that pretty much better be all it is. Uh, we but it's, go, it's wrestling, man. You gotta have a big guy throwing choke slams, or else what are we all doing here? We then go backstage, and Tony Schiavone is with Doctor Britt Baker, DMD. DMD. Ah, shit, man. That was like I was, four, I was drinking. That was like four. I was in the middle of time. my wine when I didn't think it was coming, and I was sipping on some wine. Ah, oh, man. Uh, also with Rebel and Jamie Hayter. DMD. When, <laughs> yes, Jamie DMD, and uh, <laughs> in, in which uh, Britt. Announces two important things. Number one, DMD. 
Rebel and Jimmy Hader will both be in the uh, in the Casino Battle Royale, which is now on the main card because of quote unquote reasons. travel because of reasons, <laughs> yeah, because of travel issues for one of them. Uh, I'm gonna throw it out there and say because there was absolutely no heat for that match whatsoever, and I'm well, I, I hate to say to, uh... it because I you know because I I love Pac, I love. You know, La Sombra, Andrade, El Idolo, but there was no heat for that match at all. I'm sorry. Shout out to my wrestling brain colleague, Zoobs, who uh, said this angle has only been built around travel issues, uh, <laughs> which is not inaccurate, which is true. Um, look, I think. You know, this angle wasn't really about the angle. It was about what we were getting to bell to bell. The whole point of this was I want to see these guys wrestle each other. And it's really disappointing I'm not going to see these guys wrestle each other. Because uh, I think it's just going to be a really good match. I think this is just a, a good matchup of guys who I like to watch wrestle. So that's what I was there for in the first place. And it's it sucks. Do we have to confront Death Triangle possibly being cursed? I think we do at this point. It, it, I it's... feel like this shit is cursed. And, you know, uh, uh, Josh over at Wrestling Brain, uh, you know, does the keep or kick segments on the Wrestling Brain Twitter and, you know, did a uh, keep or kick, you know, death triangle leaving pack for Andrade. And my answer is keep that. And I wanted to see that strictly because I want to see more storyline progression from Death Triangle. I want to see something from them besides treading water because that's what we've had for the last year and a half. And I know that's not all their fault, but it is what it is. Either way, the results are the same, right? Yeah. So anyway, uh, the point of the matter is, is that uh, Rebel and Jamie Hayter will both be in the uh, in the Casino Battle Royale. Uh, and also a, a big announcement for a huge superstar that Britt knows personally coming, signing a long-term contract with AEW, and it is Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. DMD. Oh, wow, we actually got a in one that time. Uh, Hell yeah. So, so she has renewed her contract with AEW. And, and, I mean, and, she is the biggest star she knows. She is a gigantic star. Uh, it, it's huge news that she signed a contract extension. So, you know, I agree with Britt. Yeah, there's that's nobody else in her in her household that's a that's a huge star. Absolutely nobody. There are, I mean, she she's definitely the biggest star in her household. Yeah, I'll so say I, that. Yeah. Not only, and, and I don't mean that literally, but all, or also figuratively, she's also the tallest star in her household. <laughs> Our fourth, <laughs> our fourth match of the evening. Uh, our favorite. Adam Cole is small. I'm sorry. No, he I'm, is. No, he he and totally is. I've never is. been like. Look, I'm not anti small guys in wrestling, but I do. We're, I we'll talk more about Adam Cole when he gets here, I guess, because he's coming. Our fourth match of the evening. Uh, our favorite Katsuyori Shibata disciple Ty Conti versus Penelope Ford with uh, Allie the Bunny accompanying her um this was good this was, this was good. really good we got a fucking calf slicer out of ty conti my god yeah we did what was great what i really liked about this match is that its worst parts were only because of over creativity and trying too hard which i really appreciate about wrestling matches like this like the the most awkward points or the lowest points of it were solely due to like trying stuff and seeing if it worked and that's what seems to be like ty conti is in a phase of i watch 
every match of hers that I can. I try to watch anytime she's on dark or elevation. I'm following her career very closely because I think she's a huge star. I think she's like a like a, a big time, like possibly really great pro wrestler in the future. Well, I think uh, one of the best parts about that is that said calf slicer came because of a basically a a, a half assed Muda lock by by Penelope. Yeah, and like I kind of like the way Penelope set it up. She kind of put her own little spin on it, uh, and it looked really good. And it was a nice little reversal. And this match like had a good flow to it. Ty seems to be trying a lot of like inertia type base moves, you know, like a lot of those like swinging type situations right. over the last few weeks, like on TV. And if you've been watching Darker Elevation, uh, she's like trying out stuff like that. And it's really interesting to see her like actively working on her move set in matches. Right. You don't see a lot of people do that. She's really creative and, and is like willing to try stuff. And I wish we could see more wrestlers do that. Uh, Ty gets the win with a weird version of the O'Connor roll. Um, mm-hmm. But but she got the win. Um, Allie the Bunny joins in with Penelope in beating her down. And then we get the return to television of one Ms. 99. The great Allie. one. Anna Jay. Anna Jay's back. Hell yeah. Which we kind of figured this was happening. I felt like she was going to be in the Battle Royale. Uh, I Maybe as a surprise entrance. So I think it's cool that they announced her here. They're hyping it up a little bit. I mean, this obviously, last week, I still don't agree with uh, uh, the Rampage booking. I don't agree with the way that match ended. I still think it was bullshit. Oh, yeah. That stank. They, yeah. We could have gotten to this point without that finish either way. So I still think it was bad. But I'm glad Anna Jay's back, and I'm really interested to see how they work together, or if we get swerved at the Battle Royal now. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm guessing we're gonna get a swerve at some point. So. There's some really, uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff, and now that it's on the pay per view, maybe whatever was gonna happen prior to it being moved up to the card could change. Maybe they're gonna try to get something extra out of this. Yeah, they could uh, a lot of intriguing stuff going into this, and. Uh, we're going to do some quick predictions at the end of this right here, Jeff, because that's going to last time we're going to talk together before all out. Yeah, yeah, we will. So we got to get him on. So, we got to so record him, get him on record. So worry not, my my friend. Uh, then to, to round out the women's segment, we get uh, backstage with uh, Thunder Rosa and Jade Cargill and Nyla Rose. And it's a it, it's a brouhaha backstage. Fucking loved Rosa in this segment, man. She went out like a G. This oh, was yeah. great. Yeah. The way she immediately started taking off her earrings as she was talking, just she's so, she's so real, man. Like, and she had a little small feud with Diamante that really had a similar energy here. And she's, we talk about characters finding their voices in AEW. Thunder Rosa, huge example of that, right? She's really found her voice now. Oh, yeah. Um, and and then when she said, like, I'm just I'm going out. Fuck that. Let's go. I just yeah. immediately attacked Nyla, knowing how she was going. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, just great for her character. And it was a really great way to kind of not necessarily push her aside, but to keep her around while we have a possible and super intriguing clash of Nyla Rose and Jade Cargill. Oh, yeah. That's that's good. Which be, that's if that fun. happens, if that's on the buy in or if that's at all out now. Oh, man. Uh, we then get a uh, video package promo for Chris Jericho versus AF, which just kind of recaps, you know, the other two things that we've already discussed at length. So we're not going to discuss that very long. Yeah, it happened. Okay, cool. So we go into our main event of the evening, in which uh, Penta El Cerro Miedo, Ray Phoenix, 
Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus Executive Vice Presidents Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, and Machine Gun Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows, the Good Brothers. Eight-man tag, spot fest, clusterfuck-a-rama for you, buddy. Um, anyway, yeah, this was a fun So many match. guys. There are some guys. Some guys are out here. Yeah, guys be guys be. There are out guys here. out here wrestling. They're and uh, doing a lot. Uh, no, this was a fun match. I really enjoyed. Fun, this. yeah. This is the good kind of spot fest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was well done. Lot. This was a Phoenix match, and that's what I really liked about oh, yeah. it. Yeah, uh, yeah. This was a Phoenix match. They said Phoenix, this one's yours. Uh, go out there, do the thing that you do, and he did all the stuff that he does. And uh, when is that not great? And the Chicago crowd loves Ray Phoenix. They always have. They have for years. They loved him at All Out. They've loved him at every time he's been there since. Uh, him and Bandito are two of the most over guys in Chicago, and for good reason. Well, Penta right? too, and of course, you know, and Penta uh, too. Well, you know, uh, AAW has a lot to do with that too. I, I, I right. would recommend. No, so. I think Phoenix and Bandito specifically, like, really stand out to me as like guys who Chicago crowds like really, really appreciate. Right, like, okay. even more than other luchadors. Right. Does that make sense? Like, because I, I mean, those the pops that those two guys get, especially, and it really stood out to me in this one. Like when he did like his uh, little rope jumpy thing and like the all that stuff. Like he immediately, the crowd were on their feet. They were standing, and you could see him on camera standing right away. Right. And they they respect the hell out of Phoenix, and it's really awesome to see. Um, you know, of course there was some fuckery involved, and the match ending came when uh, after a Meltzer driver on Phoenix, uh, Matt Jackson gets the pin. Um, afterwards. Kenny Omega shows up, and Jesus Christ, what the fuck did he do to his hair? <laughs> well, I There's probably a point to this, and I think he probably had it pinned back because he's going to do something slightly different at the pay-per-view. No, I mean, no, it was like purple in places, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, it went, he, went, he went to black and like a little bit of, there's like purple streaks in there. I'm assuming that there's probably some point to it, and it's probably some sort of video game shit. Would be my guess. Mm, okay. Jeff. Okay. Uh, obviously, pretty low hanging fruit if I'm making Kenny O get Omega guesses, but uh, probably some sort of video game shit. Yeah. Uh, this brings out Christian Cage to try to stop the beatdown. And then uh, turns out that the elite have control of the cage that will be used on Sunday. And uh, they have control of the cage and the cage. Yes. Uh, so they start beating the shit out of the baby faces again. Uh, Alex Aberhantes. Brings other babies from the back to try to help to to show the effectiveness of of the cage and how it keeps people out. But notice they did something that I've been complaining about. Oh, what what is that, Jeff? Uh that would be uh, the babies actually getting together to oppose the elite, even if they failed in this instance. But that's true. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, you saw Orange Cassidy out there. Dante Martin was out there. Uh, yeah, Jungle um, Boy and Luchasaurus. Yep. The the Biofreeze was working really hard out there. There people were getting sprayed down with a lot of sprays. Marco Stunt got very close to getting over the. Uh, he did. The yeah, he did. The, so. I mean, this was an interesting, very classic. Like this felt like W. Didn't this feel like WCW to you? Ninety like ninety six ish WCW. Uh... You know, I seem to recall an ECW bit like this too. Mm, I could okay. be wrong though. For some reason, there's a, there's an ECW bit that I'm thinking about. But with that, we close out episode 100. It turns out of AEW triple Dynamite. digits, the Century Club, the Mile High Club, baby. We had sex on an airplane.
Did you say that uh, the first? The, That's the, what the Mile High Club means, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, I, I am aware. We don't, of, we don't do subtext on this podcast. I, I, I am aware of that, Paul. <laughs> I've had two glasses of wine while we recorded this. Oh wow! You, you're, you're keeping count, even wow. Mm. Um, you, you do know that the, the plane ride from hell is the first uh, new episode of uh, Dark Side of the Ring that's coming, right? Ooh, that's going to be a, a pretty good one. I, I'm really. Li- Who is the stand-in for Ric Flair's penis? Oh, is the real question. You know, all I all I care about is the FMW episode overall. I I, I know that there's a Chris, I I know that there's a Chris Canyon episode coming up. I know that one's going to be heartbreaking and depressing. As well. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and Dark Side of the Ring is very good, and we do like Dark Side of the Ring. But uh, something I thought was interesting, my my dad and I actually just yesterday, yesterday or the other night, whatever. Uh, we were watching a bunch of like uh, old wrestling shoots. We were watching Jesse Ventura videos, and we got to watching some Bret Hart stuff. And Bret Hart uh, did not have some very nice things to say about the dark side of the ring people. Oh, <laughs> Which, boy. I mean, obviously very classic Bret Hart because he doesn't have nice things to say about pretty much anybody. Anybody because he's a <laughs> megalomaniac. He's- He's a very bitter old man, but here's the thing about him. He's not wrong very often. He's right most of the time. That's the thing about him. He's like, yes, he is bitter. Yes, he is mad a lot. But also, he's right a lot is the thing about Bret Hart. Uh, The only thing I really care about for this series of Dark Side of the Ring is the FMW episode. And God damn it, they better have talked to, to Bret, you know, Bahu about that because he is you know the the living godhead of all fmw knowledge well we would hope so and and i'm excited to see that um are are we through this show want to give some predictions and get out of here yeah so let's uh run down the uh let's run down the all out card which will come on uh sunday september the 5th uh from the now arena in hoffman estates illinois um programming note Monday, which is Labor Day, will be the day of the podcast for this, but uh, we will have a special guest co-host because Paul will be recovering slash traveling uh, from yeah, his... Actually, so the day after the wedding, I'll have a uh, a little family barbecue uh, with uh, my, my friend's wife's new family, and so that's very exciting. I'll be spending my time there and then traveling back. So yeah, I will be incredibly busy all weekend. I probably won't watch all out until like Wednesday. So, so uh, I, I hope everyone has a great time and enjoys the show. We're going to give some predictions and I'll, and we'll, we'll end that on a note, but yeah, thank you all for sticking with us and for, uh, you know, uh, listening to Jeff and our special guests. Uh, shout out to Cubs fan again for joining us last time. And, uh, uh, and the it, guest and the guest for Monday will be none other than uh, host of the military industrial suplex here on the PWOM podcast network. One, Mr. Tom Batista. Oh, fantastic. And shout out Tom Batista for stepping in for me. Thank you so much. PWOM taking care of each other. Thank you for everyone uh, again for just sticking with us. You know, these, uh, uh, are uh, weird times. Like obviously I had a very busy life event and a very important one right at the time where this is like the biggest wrestling weekend in years. So obviously the time isn't super convenient. Uh, we're all stepping up for each other and we're all looking out for each other and we're all still enjoying wrestling together. And that's, what's important. So with that being said, uh, so uh, the the buy-in match now will be uh, a 10-man tag match because it's no longer the Casino Battle Royale because that has been moved to the main show. Um, that is Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Wheeler Utah, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus versus Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn, Angelico, E. Jack Evans. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, they got to give the babies this one. I'll say least. I give it to the babies, yeah. Yeah, why not? I give it to okay. the babies. Uh, now, I'm going by the Wikipedia uh, match list. Are you here, taking so... notes on our on our predictions, or you want me to take notes on and Why don't you take the notes, because I, I can't be bothered. Uh... <laughs> cool. Um, cool, man. 21-woman casino battle royale. Do we need to list everybody that's been announced for this? No. Okay. Ty Conti wins this thing. Has to be because because that is like literally the only storyline that has been <laughs> built for this. So, so I just let's let's have a little fun with this. I'm gonna pick Anna J. Ooh, okay, okay, all right, all right. Sounds uh-huh. good. There's, yeah, some, there's, some, there's some good names in this battle royale, though. There's some great names in this, but Anna J. Betraying Ty Conti and winning this one is really where the money where the money is. So, I'm going where the money's at, brother. John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima in a match that really pisses me off that Delta variant and, and people's selfishness and stupidity is preventing me from actually going to this show with my honey, who is now upset that she can't see Satoshi Kojima live. So Just two bubbles. You need two bubbles is the thing. Uh, Mox wins. Double though. bubble. Mo- Mox, Mox wins, wins yeah. though. Yeah, I mean, Mox no... wins. Paul White versus QT Marshall. Uh, who gives a fuck? Moving on. Uh, Paul White's going to choke Paul some White. motherfuckers. Yeah. Uh, Chris Jericho versus MJF. There is no fucking way Chris Jericho loses this match. I got Jericho. Yeah. There's, it's just, I can't, there's no, yeah, it's Jericho. It's Jericho. Uh, our, uh, first title match that we're discussing here tonight, uh, Miro defends the TNT championship against Eddie Kingston. Uh, who wins? Everybody wins because this match is going to fucking rule. (laughs) That is true. The fans really do win, but we do have to pick one of these two men, so uh, make your pick, Jeff. You know, I don't think they're going to take the belt off Miro yet, so I think it's going to stay with Miro. You know what? It's it's a weekend to be bold. Um, I've already lost a lot of like real gambling bets um, over the last week, <laughs> so um, I'm going to take Eddie Kingston. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, the uh, the steel cage match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Executive Vice Presidents Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks versus Penta Osero Miedo e Ray Phoenix. You know what? I'm gonna just say the Lucha Brothers because I always say the Lucha Brothers. They they gotta win this. Fuck it. You know what, Jeff? I'm also taking the Lucha Brothers. I think it's time. It is. I think this is the one. I think coming out of Escalera de la Muerte and the long history that these two teams have, as long as the match is good enough, they can sell a title change here and really have it have a great buy-in for it. And there's gonna be uh, a, there's gonna be an insane spot off the top of the cage too. There will absolutely be that. Uh, this match is gonna fucking bang. It might be your best match of the night. And in a card that's going to have a lot of opportunities to have a best match of the night. Uh, with that in mind, uh, for the AEW Women's World Championship, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD. DMD. Oh, there we go. Now, now we're back in our in our, in our groove. Um, Hell yeah! Versus Chris Statlander. Uh, Britt retains. Britt retains. Yeah, Britt retains in a match that Stat gets a decent rub. Um, yeah, yeah, it, this is, this is Britt Baker wins. I hope we maybe put her right into the next storyline right away. Maybe there's an interference thing. Maybe somebody shows up right at the end. Maybe this is where we find Ruby Soho. Maybe Ruby Soho ends up in the women's battle Royal. I think but, that one's uh, probably more likely. 
honestly. I would I, I would like to see Britt's next thing happen right away to to keep her her title run like just really at a high pace. I don't want I don't want her momentum to slow down. I think we're really hitting a, a great stride with her. So let's just keep banging these title these title matches out until we get to her eventual uh, successor. Uh, for the AEW World Championship, uh, Executive Vice President Kenny Omega with Don Callis versus the Impact World Champion Christian Cage. Um, I they're not taking it off of Omega now. Not, not yet. Not no. yet. Not yet. Yeah, it's soon be though. Soon though, because we're hitting the nine month mark, and that's usually about where they they t- make a title change. Yeah, and I, I mean, I could see a year-plus title run, and especially if the guy ends up being Adam Page, uh, full gear makes sense, um, and even Revolution next year makes sense. I hope it doesn't go to Revolution, but I, I, it will definitely, that. it'll probably definitely go. I mean, I, I'm going to say... It depends on the, on the challengers. Okay, yeah. so let, let's just game this out real quick. No, let's say... <laughs> I don't want to game this out. Well, we said, well, we said, well, what are his next... Cha- we've talked about, like, uh, 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 Kenny's next challengers, right? Like, so one of them has been Christian Cage. What if the next one's Brian Danielson? And what if we carry Brian Danielson through full gear? He beats Danielson and then back to Adam Page at All Out or, or at a Revolution or even CM Punk by that point. There's a lot of things we can do with, with Kenny Omega's title run and keep it going for a long time. Because, you know why? Because I don't want a year-long Kenny Omega title run, that's why. <laughs> You're probably getting it, man, so strap uh, in. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. And then the, the last match listed on the Wikipedia entry, I don't know if this is going to be the actual uh, match order, of course. Uh, CM Punk versus Darby Allen. This one is, I guess, as far as result, maybe the most intriguing. You know, I I could see almost the the way things have gone so far. CM Punk is probably at that Tetsuya Naito level where win or lose, he's going to be the one getting the loudest cheers and chants. Oh, no question. But also his first match back in seven and a half years in Chicago. uh, He's the man. He's the biggest star. He is the draw. And he's going to lose this match to Darby Allen as I mean, as interesting as that is in as many places as you can go with it, I still don't... And also, CM Punk's like way of thinking, uh, because he's been a victim to these guys like coming back after long absences and then beating him and then going away or then not being around or you know affecting his career momentum you know or being at his expense so does cm punk maybe want to do the favors for a darby allen and want to do something like that in service of that yeah i mean you know what interesting that that's what's interesting to me and like or does that do detriment to cm punk's return overall into his future as an AEW wrestler for the next few years does this loss like let's say he loses to darby on Sunday, does that hurt the rest of his run? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's a good question. It's a good question. Well, that's why I'm asking it. Yeah, I I, I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, you know what? I, again, I I think Punk could safely lose this, and it won't derail anything. I think a lot of people will be pissed off, but it won't derail yeah, anything. Okay. Yeah, I guess you're but, right. I mean, maybe. I think. I think it's. It's. Uh, it's really again. It's really interesting because it could go either way. I'm picking CM Punk. 
is what I'm doing. I think no, CM Punk I, wins this match. I, I think I will too, but it would not surprise me if Darby wins. How about that? Yeah, I think it's the surprisingly enough, it's probably the most could go either way of the card. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. You can follow me on Twitter at Cool Step Uncle and this podcast on Twitter at BGTD Podcast. That's B G T D Podcast, like Boom Goes the Dynamite Podcast on Twitter. And on Friday nights, you can see my smiling face along with Nick East on Wrestling Brain for Wrestling Brain Rampage immediately after AEW Rampage goes off the air. That's at twitch.tv slash wrestling brain. And you can follow Wrestling Brain on Twitter at wrestling underscore brain uh you can find me at strong style story without the e in style on twitter uh my personal twitter at gd wessel two s's one l uh we dropped uh another episode of busting balls this past weekend discussing the absolutely insane transfer window that just wrapped up um this coming sun uh monday labor day of course will be our all-out special extravaganza with Special guest co-host Tom Batista of the Military Industrial Suplex right here on the PWOM Podcast Network. And also, I still have tickets for GCW, BLP, Three Cup Stuffed, and Black Label Pro, Ground Control, The Filthy Tom for sale. You want them? Come Still get buy them. Jeff's tickets. Paul, any last words? The most forbidden doors uh, <laughs> are the ones you must walk through. All right, and, Paul, and that's uh, that's philosophy. Paul, enjoy that wedding. Everybody else, enjoy all out. We'll see you on. Yeah, Mon- we'll see you on Monday. I, I'm not. I hope everyone has a great time watching all of the wrestlings. Uh, wrestling. Yeah, and enjoy that GCW show. We'll see you on Monday.